Today's daf is daf peches. We are beginning the Mishnah at the bottom of Pezayin Amud Beis. The Ran brings down two different ways of understanding this Mishnah. Um, I'm going to explain it according to the second interpretation of the Ran. Um, I think it's the easiest way, an easier way to understand the Mishnah. It's a little bit more difficult to fit into the Gemara, but we will go with that. Just bear in mind that there, there are different alternative ways of explaining. Zagdeilu Gemishnah. Yodeya ani sheyesh nedorim, aval eini yodeya sheyesh mefirim. We quoted this Mishnah earlier. Person says, life had made a neder that either was was inner nefesh. And um, the person did not was not made for the neder. Comes three days later, he comes to the rav and he says, "Listen, I know there is a concept of nedarim, but they never taught me in cheder that the husband has a right to be made for the neder. It's not fair. If I would have known that I could have been made for the neder, I wouldn't be made for." Now, twenty-four hours went by, the day went by already, and they're, they're telling me it's mekuyim, but I never knew that I had the right to be made for. So says the Gemara that everybody agrees over here is Yafer. He is able to be Mefer. Because the Pazak says, is that on the day that he hears, he has a right to be Mefer, and the clock starts ticking, and if he's not Mefer, then the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the time runs out, and it's Mekuyim, is only if that the hearing was with the awareness that you're able to be mefer. And since over here he did not have the awareness that he was had the capacity of being mefer, it's not considered to be Yom Shomo until he actually learns that he has the right to be mefer. Then the clock starts ticking. So therefore, three days later, now he can be mefer or be makayim, whichever he wants at that point in time. Again, this is the second way that Ron learns. I'm going to go with this. And here, there does not seem to be a machlokus. What happens, this seems to be direct call. What happens if the other, another scenario, that in Cheder they taught me, a husband has a special right to be Mefer. The Mefer Ned, there is a concept of, of, of revoking a Neder. I wasn't paying so much, time, so much attention in Shear, and I didn't realize that the type of Neder that my wife made falls into the category of those type of nedarim that you could be made for. So I knew that there is a forah, and I just was not aware that the nedar that she made is subject to the hafarah. So what's the din? Rav Meir Omer Lo Yafar. Rav Meir said, that we don't give you. If you know that there's a concept of revoking, and you know there's a concept of Nadorim. You didn't tie the two together? That's on you already. Then the clock starts ticking, and if 24 hours or the day went out, so then, lo yoffer, you have no capacity to be made for in such a situation. Right? That's, uh, uh, that, that's not, says Rab Mary, that's considered to have the full awareness. The full awareness of what needs the Yom Shamo applies in this case. What do the Chachamim say? Chachamim Omrim Yafer. That even in this case, even in this case, we do not consider this to be having full awareness, full knowledge, 
that if you still are lacking the component of being able to tie the two together, that's not considered to be Yom Shamo, and therefore three days later, when you now find out that that is called a Neder of Inu Nefesh, you have the clock starts ticking and you could be Mefer. So let's step back for a moment. Let's, see, let's find, figure out what the difference between the Reish and the Sefer is, according to Rav Meir. Because we're saying like this, Rav Meir holds in the Sefer, Rav Meir says in the Sefer that if you uh, did not know that the type of neder is a neder of Inui Nefesh, you knew Afara, that already is Yom Shomo applies, you cannot get it. But in the ratio, of Meir agrees to the Chacham, he doesn't disagree over there, in the ratio of Meir holds that if you did not know the concept of Hafara, so then we cannot say that's considered to be Yom Shomo. So let's, let's just uh, uh, go with, the, 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 again, a second explanation of the Ran. The Ran seems to say it like this, is that according to the Chachamim, they hold that, um, the, according to the Chachamim, they hold that any partial awareness, any partial awareness is not sufficient. You need to have a complete awareness, a complete yadir. So if there's anything lacking from a complete yadir, it's not considered to be an awareness. It's not, and you can't call that Yom Shomo. So whether it's in the Reisha, where the person did not know there was a, uh, a concept of, 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 of Afara, or whether it's in the Sefer that you did not know that this neder fits into the category, that's considered to be a lack of an awareness. That lack of an awareness does not makes it that you did not have a Yom Shomo. That explains the Pshat. What's Pshat in Rav Meir? So now, the, 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 in this, the, the, um, Rav Meir says like this, is that you need to have... Uh, uh, the, the, the Ran brings down, the command Amr, the Chi Amr of Meir, Lo Yafer... Uh, one sec, where is it? The sphere lay the cave and show your day as she yesh nadorim, the yesh mefirim, ye dear gemura mikaria. He says that or a man would agree that a partial yadir is not considered to be a completely dear. You see that from the ratio. If I only know partial yadir, I only know nadorim, I don't know mefirim, not considered to be yom shomo. The problem with Rameir holds in the Sefer, that's not even considered a partial yadir. You know nadorim. You know hafara. The fact that you couldn't connect the dots, we don't consider that to be a partial hafara. That's considered to be a partial idea. That's considered a complete idea, and therefore, that's already considered to be Yom Shomo. So again, the way we're explaining like now, both Rav Meir and the Chachamim seem to agree with the concept that if there's only a partial idea, halachically, it's not considered, a partial awareness is not considered a full awareness. So you cannot call it Yom Shomo if it's only a partial awareness. The only argument is, is that according to the Chachamim, it could even be partial that you couldn't connect the dots. According to Rav Meir, that's not considered partial. That's considered to be a complete Shmir, and that's Yom Shomo, and therefore the clock starts ticking. Veraminuhu. The Gemara is now going to ask a contradiction. Now, again, the way we're learning now the second Lashon, this is only going to be a problem in Rav Meir. It's a contradiction in Rav Meir. What is, what is the Din? We go to Maseches Makkas, second parak of Maseches Makkas. We learn that Allah is like this, is that... If somebody uh, accidentally, Rahman al accidentally kills another person. 
So that person, under certain circumstances, needs a atonement. There's going to there's considered to be, even though it's accidental, it shows some level of uh, negligence involved. There is, and therefore, you need an, aton- an atonement. What is the atonement? It's called golus. Golus, you have to exile yourself to one of the are miklat. That's the halochana. Not everybody has to go for killing accidentally. There is a discussion over there because the pasuk says. When uh, the Pazak says that when you kill somebody below Ra'os without seeing, means that you didn't see, obviously, if you saw the person and you killed him, then, uh, that's not considered accidental. It means, it means you didn't see him. Now, not seeing him, the question that we're discussing, the, the Machlokas we're going to have between Rav Meir and Rav Yehuda, is it a shot that there's two ways to understand not seeing? Not seeing means that you generally could have seen. Just in this situation, you didn't see, which means that a blind person who never can see would not be subject to the laws of Aramikla. Or you could say uh, of Golas, or you could say no. Below Ra's means as long as you're in a situation where you couldn't see. A blind person who couldn't see accidentally kills somebody, he would still be, it's still a fulfillment of the below Ra's. He didn't see, and therefore he is chayv to go in Golas. So we have this machlokus over there. So let's read it inside. It says like this, below Ra's. What is below Ra's without seeing coming to tell me? So Gemara says like this, Prat l'suma, divri Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda says that excludes a blind person. A blind person does not go to Golus. That if a blind person kills accidentally, a blind person does not go to Golus. Rabbi Meir Omer, no, fakert, below Ra's, without seeing, that includes a blind person. A blind person can't see. So the words below Ra's includes the blind person. Now what's the question here? Again, what is the kasha that Gemara is asking? So we're learning the second shot in the run. The kasha is like this. A blind person only has a partial of awareness of where of his circumstances are, right? He's coming into a situation where he's not familiar and co- he can't be cognizant completely of, the, of the, what, what's around him. He can use other senses, but he, can't, he does not have the sense of sight, which generally gives him. So you're dealing with a person that only has a partial awareness. So the Chachamim, Rabbi Yehuda, uh, is, is, it could be the Chachamim, the Ran says that's the Balpukta of Rabbi Meir is usually Rabbi Yehuda. So that's, no, we have no Kasha in Rabbi Yehuda, it's the Shitasam. He considers to be a partial awareness, is not considered to be an awareness, and therefore in order to go to Golos, you have to have, at some level, you have to have an awareness. It's not enough, this is considered partial, it's not an awareness. Memela is this person is not subject to Golos. Golos is only people that have an awareness, and in this this case, there's a lapse of awareness. But a person that, therefore, they're negligent for not having that. But a blind person that cannot have a full awareness to begin with, they're not chayev to go to Golos. So the Chachamim in the Mishnah and the Chachamim, Rabbi Yehuda over here, no problem. The stira is in Rabbi Meir. We explained Rabbi Meir agrees in the beginning of the Mishnah that if something's considered to be halachically a partial awareness, it's not considered Yom Shomo, because a partial awareness is not considered to be an awareness. Well, if a partial awareness is not considered to be awareness, how could Rabbi Meir hold that a blind person is in the category of, of, of Golos? That's the kash, that's the contradiction that the Gemara is asking. So Gemara says like this. So Gemara, so Gemara wants to give an answer to this. So I'm a Rava. So now the gears of Al Gemara 
is, is, is uh, according to Meir Rishon, they take out the next line. This line that says, usually when you have a contradiction, but both contradictions are based on psukim, we say it's not a contradiction. Here you're dashing the pasuk within the context of the pasuk, and here you're dashing the pasuk within the context of the pasuk. The problem over here is we're, that we're not focusing within the context of the pasuk of the case of Nadarim, we're only focusing on the context of the Pasuk in the case of Golos. So you can't use the expression So therefore, they just take it out. Either you keep half of it, just saying and that's the meaning. Basically, what the Gemara is answering is, you're right. Rabbi Meir seems to agree with the Chachamim in the Mishnah by Nadarim, a partial awareness is not considered to be awareness, except by the case of Golos. It's based on the interp- interpretation. How do you understand the Psukim? That has nothing to do with with whether or not a partial awareness or a full awareness is based on budget on the Xeris Akas and the Drasha of the Psukim. Let's go and see this inside. Rabbi Yudas Savar, Rabbi Yudas says, Gabi Ritzech, when a case of, of Ritzech, it's interesting, it calls him a murderer. Ritzech is a murderer, but we're not dealing with somebody actually who murdered, we're dealing with somebody who inadvertently killed Golus. By the case of Golus, Ksiv, it says, Asher Yava Ezra'eu Bayar. Now we know the Torah doesn't tell us information for, for no reason. Why does it have to say, in the case of Golus, that he met the person, he encountered the person in a forest? Who cares that you came into a forest and that's where you were chopping wood? Just they were chopping wood, right? What do you have to say? So the Gemara understand the Chacham said that must be a reboy. It's an opening. Anybody who's capable of walking into a forest, you know who's in, you know who's capable of walking into a forest. A blind person can walk into a forest as well. So that inclusionary statement of Asher Yava Bayar. It starts off that if you would just start with that statement, you would say that a blind person is subject to the laws of Golos. Fine. So it says like this. It says, Asher Yavo Israel Bayar, called the Bar Meal Liyar, anyone who's p- capable of entering a forest, for Sumanami Bar Meal Liyar, and a blind person also is capable of entering into a forest. Now, let's go now to a ne- the next clause. It says, Below Raos. We said the word below Ross without seeing could be interpreted to interpret in one of two ways. It could either be saying somebody that was able to see but now is not, or it could be saying as long as you can't see, you're shy, you're in the parsha of Golos. Now, if it means that somebody that as long as you cannot see, you didn't see, means a blind person can't see, there is a parsha of Golos. Why do I have to say it? I already know that a blind person is included from the words of Asher Yavos Reyo Bayar. So it must be that the state over here cannot be coming to include the blind person. The below Ra'os must be coming to exclude him, even though you might have thought Asher Yavos Re'eu Bayar includes the blind person. Below Ra'os is telling me that if he was not able to see before, and, and uh, then he's not in the parsha of uh, below Ra'os means that now he didn't see, but before he was able to see. So therefore, the uh, bottom line comes out according to the Rabbi Yehuda, according to Rachamim, a blind person is excluded from the parsha of Golas. That explains Rabbi Yehuda. Now, what about Rabbi Meir? Now, so let's just read inside. So, Na'i Amar below Ra'os, le Rabbos is a summa. If you tell him below Ra'os without seeing includes the blind person, the Choramiyanafka, I already know that, Minyafkale, I already know that from the words, Ashayavas Re'eyubayar. Ella Shmami no, below Ra'os must be coming to be Prat le summa to exclude the blind person. What about Rav Meir? Rav Meir starts from a different point. He starts from a different vantage point. The Pazak says, Ksev Bavli Das that the person who killed, the person who, 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 who killed his friend, 
did so without a without an under, awareness of his surrounding, without a, a, a knowledge of his surrounding. So Abmeir star, starts out with a point that the Torah goes out of its way to say that why is this person Chayev? Because he, did a, he, he was negligent. Why was he negligent? Because he did it without knowledge, of, uh, without an awareness. Now, Lechorah, says Rab Meir, that would automatically exclude, that would start off excluding the Summa. Why would it exclude the Summa? Because the Summa is not shaykh to having the full awareness of what's going on. So therefore, from the word Blidas alone, I would have said that a blind person is excluded. How can you penalize him for doing it Blidas if he doesn't have the capacity? So therefore, therefore it starts off like this. Blidas, called the Barmeida. Somebody that has an ability to know exactly what's going on around him. And a blind person does not. So who? Now, so you start off already with the words Blidas saying a blind person is excluded. Comes along the Torah and adds another clause. What does it say? It says below Ra'os. Now why is it adding it? If it's to exclude the blind person, he's already been excluded from Blidas. Must be what the Torah is telling me is, but Blidas is Lerabos Esasuma, that blind person. You might have thought that he's not included. Kamash Malan, he is. So therefore, he armored below Ra'os is Pratlasuma, is to exclude the blind person. He's already excluded from Blidas. Therefore, Elosh Ma'aminah below Ra'os is Lerabos Esasuma. But the Gemara's point is, is that over here it's not based on Svara. Over here it, it could be that that like by by that they agree by Nadorim, Biyom Shamo, a partial awareness is not considered to be awareness. They both agree to that. But here it's really based on how you darsh and the psukim, and that's why it comes out in Afkamin according to Rav Yehuda. It's it, it, it's 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 um, it, it's Lemayat, it's uh, Pratlasuma, and according to Rabbi Meir, it's Lerabos. Rabbi Meir doesn't hold anything about the forest. He doesn't, he has other, he learns yeah, other, it's Rishos, there's other drushes we learn out, it's only Dav Rishos, and other, but that's what he uses it for. Okay, let's go weiter, next mission. Now, this mission is dealing with the following thing. We know that uh, when a, 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 a woman gets uh, property or money, it, in, and, and she's married, she's already had an suing with her husband, the husband gets uh, a, a, a financial right within what the wife receives. So the wife dies, gets a Yerusha, $100,000. It's not her $100,000 to go to Macy's. She can't do that. What the husband has a right, he has nichzemelug yusufruktri rights in it, he can require that she purchase property. It's in her name, the property owns to her, own, own, belongs to her, but as long as the marriage is still going on, the husband is still alive, he has uh, ROI, he has usufructory rights in that property. Now we have a situation like this, something we don't normally hear about, right? Is that a, father, a, a father-in-law is upset at his son-in-law and does not want to give his son-in-law anything. Except, the only thing is, he wants to give his daughter but the problem is, if you give it to the daughter, the son-in-law gets... Uh, so he made a nether that my son-in-law is not allowed to benefit from my nechosim. Problem is, I want to help my daughter. How do I give my daughter without my son-in-law getting benefits? And that would violate the nether. So therefore, so the, the tana of this Mishnah holds, you have to make a double condition. It's not enough just to say that I'm giving $100,000 to my daughter, Almanas that my son-in-law, Sha'ain by Rishusbo. 
That would not be enough, says the Tan of this Mishnah, because you cannot supersede the din of Nichse Malug by just saying, Amanashe'en Lechosni Rishusbo. So therefore, what you have to say, this is the way the Ran learns in one of the Pshatim here, you have to say more than that. First of all, my Hasanullah has no rights to it, but more than that, and I'm only giving it to my daughter that it should become hers when she benefits from it by putting it in her mouth. Means assuming, assuming she wants to use it for food. It will not belong to her until she actually actualizes that benefit or eats it. At that point in time, it's too late for the son to be able to get any the son to get anything out of it. Now the Ron brings down a machlokas, this only applies by food, but let's just go with the second shot. It doesn't have to be dafka food. It could be any any earmarked item, clothing. Uh, whatever you want to give to your daughter, it only becomes hers when she is using it at the time that she's benefiting, which makes it too late for the husband to be able to get it. But that's the only way you would not create a violation of the nether, because that takes away, that circumvents the husband's usufructory rights, the nichsemalug rights that he has in it are taken away because she's only considered to be the beneficiary of it when she actualizes the benefit of what it's supposed to be. And then it's too late for the husband to get it. That's what the Tana holds. So let's see it inside. Hamadir Hano, the gears over here that says, Tzarek Lomer Lechasno. says, Madir Hano, Against it, there's actually it's interesting because chosno and chasno are two different things, right? Chosno is father-in-law. Chasno is a son-in-law. So the question with the right gears over here is, but let's go. We're just going. Person was from his son-in-law, but who wrote says levita mouse, but he wants to give his daughter money. Omer law, I'm gifting to you. Her father says, I'm gifting to you this money. However, I don't want your husband to have it. Right? I don't want your husband to have it. The only thing that uh, it, I'm gifting it to you is that it becomes yours when you purchase the food and put it in your mouth. Only then does it belong to you. This way it circumvents the husband being able to... Why is it too late for the, for the Because she, she's already getting the benefit. At that point, she's already benefiting her. Do you can now, now you're going to go ahead and sell why it and run. just put it in his will? Why is he giving it to her Bechlal now? Why is he, what's he wants her to have it now. He wants her... She's the not guy, benefit he, well, he wants it now. He wants her now to so, get so it. So when she gets the money and she buys the food, she's like buying the food for him. It's not, it's, not his, it's not hers yet until she takes the bite. Right. All right. All right. Now, again, the Ram brings down if it's only by food, but then he says there is a pshat that could be clothing, it could be any hanno. Now, Amar Rav. Now, Rav says like this: Lo shano elad Amar lo mashat no says when a senes befich. It's important for this stipulation to work. The Ram explains Rav is passing la halacha like this Mishnah for this to work to circumvent the right of the. A husband, you have to say, Mashad no says when I say it's with fiqh. It's not enough to say, It's not enough to say that he doesn't have rights to it. You have to add the second clause, and it becomes yours when you purchase it and put the food into your mouth. But let's say he would say, It's yours, I don't want your husband to have any rishusba, and do with it what you want. Do with it what you want doesn't help. It has to be specifically earmarked for a specific thing to circumvent it. Do with it what you want. The din of Nich would still kick in on that money. 
therefore, the husband would still acquire it and would then create a violation of the nether. That's according to Rab. Shmuel Amar, Afilu Amar, Masha Tirtsiasi, Lo Kana Yason Bal. That Shmuel says you don't have to be specific, you don't have to earmark it for food. All you have to say, I'm giving this to you, I don't want your husband to have it, you do with it what you want, that is sufficient. The Ran learns, the Ran learns the shot over here in the Machlokas, Rav and the Shmuel, is not in the understanding of our Mishnah. Our Mishnah clearly holds that you have to have that double stipulation, you have to be very specific. The Machlokas is what's the halacha? Rav is saying that this Mishnah goes like Rav Meir, and the halacha follows like Rav Meir. Rav learns that the halacha follows like Rav Meir, not like the Chachamim. And as the Rishonim explain, and uh, that, that the Rav, the Machlokas, Rav and uh, the, uh, Rav Meir and the Chachamim really doesn't. Uh, it doesn't take place directly by the case of an Isha, by a wife. It really takes place by the case of an Evet Kanani. In the case of an Evet Kanani, there is a halacha, Mashikana Evet Kanarabo, that whatever an Evet acquires, his chattel, he's owned by the masters. Whatever he acquires, he acquires. So there, Rav Meir there says, Yad Evet Kiyad Rabbo, that that connection is so strong that therefore anything you put into the hands of the Evet automatically applies. Therefore, you cannot make any stipulation to preclude or to get it away from the owner. Therefore, Rav Me- uh, and the way Rav understands, Rav Meir applies that also to the case of an Isha. Just as we say, Yad Evet Kiyad Rabo, we say, Yad Isha Kiyad Balo. Now, it's not exactly the same, because in the case of the Evet, the husband, uh, the, 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 the master owns the principal. Meaning that you give him $100,000, he owns the $100,000. Give it to Evet, the master owns it. In the case of the Isha, the husband doesn't own the $100,000. He owns the Nichse Maluk, the Yusufruktu, right? So it's not exactly the same, but the, conceptually the idea is the same. And therefore, the same way as Rav Meir, this way Rav understands, the same way as Rav Meir says that you cannot make a, a, just you can't make a blanket statement. It's yours. I don't want your master to have it. Do with it what you want. The same way it doesn't work in the case of Evid. It also doesn't work in the case of Isha. And the Chachamim disagree. The Chachamim says, yes, there is a concept of Mashikana Evid Kana Rabo. But it's not, it's not Mamish Yad Evid Kiyad Rabo. It's not if you say, I'm giving it to you that he shouldn't have it. That's sufficient. That works. And the same way as it works in the case of Evid, Kalvachomer, it also works in the case of Isha. You don't have to be so specific that it only becomes yours when you put it into your mouth. And therefore, so Rav is paskening like Rav Meir, that, which is our Mishnah, and he's saying that's the halacha, that by an Isha too, if you want to circumvent the din of Nechzimalug, you have to be very specific as to what you are entitling the woman to do with it. Otherwise, it goes to the husband. Ravi, and Shmuel says, the way Rav, again, is the way the Ran learns. Shmuel says, I don't disagree with you necessarily as to the interpretation of the Mishnah, that you want to say this is going like uh, Rav Meir's opinion on Evet Knani, the Mishnah applies, he's applying it to the case of, that could be, but that's not the Halacha. The Halacha is we follow the Chachomim, and therefore, call Masha Tirzi 
Asi is sufficient to take it away from the husband to stop him from being able to take it in Nechsimalug. That's what Shmuel is passing. So Shmuel Omer Afilo Amar Masha Tirzi Asi Lo Kana Yason Bal The husband will not have acquired it. It will not. So basically, again, this is the way the Ran learns. It's a little difficult in the continuation of the Gemara, but again, I want to learn this the way the Ran learns it, that the Machlokas here is not in interpretation of Amishnah, it's a Machlokas in understanding the Halacha, who the Halacha follows. So, Maskivla Rabbi Zeira. Rabbi Zeira asks the following question. So he says, Keman Azla Hashmaito, to Rav, this ruling of Rav, that wants to say that you have to be so specific in order to circumvent the problem of nichsei melug. Who's it going like? It must be like Rav Meir. means Rav is applying Rav Meir's din by Evid Kanani that you have to be so specific over there to the din over here of uh, that is not sufficient. That's going like the understanding is passing like Rav Meir. Right. Now, the, the problem with this, exa- the, the, I'm just want to just point out the problem, is that the way the Ran learns, Shmuel agrees with that too, in Rav Meir. Shmuel's only saying that's not the halacha. The one is going to be asking kashas on Rav, did Rav Meir say this or Rav Meir say this? Shmuel seemed to say that as well. He only seemed to say the way the Ran's learning. And the heart of the Mishnah seems to be saying that. It's something that you have to work on. Not, not now. So the Gemara says like this. It seems to going like Rav Meir. That Rav Meir, according to Rav, is applying the din of Yad Eved to Yad Rabo. To Yad Isha, to Yad Bala. I mean, she has no possible means of independent financial independence without the husband having a vested interest in what it is that she is acquiring. Lechor, I'm going to ask you the following question. Now, let's just step back so we can understand the question outside before it inside. There is a, we, we're all familiar with Erev Chatzeros. We learned Masechus Erevin. The Erev Chatzeros is that in, the, in those days, all the houses used to open to a courtyard, and the Chachamim made a, a, a gezeira is that you can't carry from one Rishus HaYochid to another Rishus HaYochid, especially if there's multiple owners of the courtyard, even though it's all Rishus HaYochid, it's all closed in, unless you do a called an Erev Chatzeros. An Erev Chatzeros is they all are Nishtatev, they all take a partnership in a certain amount of food or whatever it is, and it's kept in one of the houses, and then they can all carry in the courtyard. The same concept applies in the courtyards back in those days used to all be open into an alley. The way it works, courtyards, you've got multiple courtyards open to one alley, it's called a mavui, and then that alley would open up to the Rishus Harabim. So what do you do to allow the people from each uh, courtyard to carry in the jointly owned uh, uh, alley. So therefore, what you need to do is called a shitufe mavuos. A shitufe mavuos basically is you would collect food from all of the courtyard, from all of the courtyards, come together as one, and again makes it like it makes it into a, a a single unit ownership. However, the technology, the mechanics of it, we've learned to Masechus Erevin. That's not as much the point. The problem is like this. To sit there now and start worrying about, you've got 12 different courtyards that you have to go start collecting food from, whatever. So we wanted to create a, a shortcut. What's the shortcut? One individual could donate, let's say, a barrel of wine. Case over here. Donates a barrel of wine, and he's mezake. He is... Um, he... he uh, 
he, he, he gives over to all of the people of it, he gives them a portion in that, like a, a gifts to them, a portion of that barrel of wine. So therefore now they jointly have an ownership in that. The only thing is that in order to create that acquisition, that kinyan, that transference of his barrel of wine, that portions of it, you cannot do it on your own. You need to have a representative. Somebody who is independent of him can be the representative to represent them and be mezaka on their, to, to, on their behalf that he's like gifting it, the portions to them and therefore they all own uh, the barrel jointly. He himself cannot do it because he owns the barrel already. In order to give it to them, somebody else has to be a recipient. So you have to have someone independent of him. So therefore, for example, his Evet Kanani would not be able to do that because his Evet Kanani is just an extension of him. In order for it to work, you have to have someone that's not just an extension of you, you have to have somebody that is independent of you, okay? So who can do it? So the mission is going to say his adult children that are no longer being supported by him, they're able to do it. His Evet Ivri or Ama Ivriya, because even though they work for you, but they are not considered to be an extension of you. They're not considered you don't say Yad Evet Kiyad Rabbi and Evet so he can do it. The problem is the mission also says that his wife can do it. Now the question is, that Mishnah is going like Rav Meir, it's a star Mishnah like Rav Meir, it's going in the opinion of Rav Meir. Now the Gemara wants to know, if Rav tells us that Rav Meir is, applies the din of Evet Kanani, that Yad Evet Kiyad Rabo, he also applies that Yad uh, Isha Kiyad Barlo, the same problem you have according to Rav's understanding of Meir, that if you have why it can't be the Evet Kanani doing it, how could it be Ishto doing it? As soon as you give it to her, it's you, you're giving it to yourself. How can she represent the other players in the, in, in the, from the courtyards for the Shitufa Mavuz? That's the Gemara's question. Let's see it inside. Says the Gemara, so therefore, Ramino, I'm going to ask you a contradiction. Kate said, Mishtatvin What is an easy way to create a Shitufe Mavuz? What's the way, the recommended way of doing Shitufe Mavuz? This person can take a barrel of wine and he puts it down. Omer, and he can say, I am acquiring this, or I'm a little bit bequeathing this, or not bequeathing is the wrong word, but I'm being mezaka this. On behalf to the to the rest of the people of the Mavoi, umezakel and al yede avdo veshivchosa ivrim. Get either your evad ivri or your ame ivriyo to do to represent the people of the Mavoi, or al yede benobito agadolim. Those sons and daughters of yours that are independent financially of you, va'al yede ishto. And the Mishnah says you can use the wife. Now again, the assumption over here is that this goes like Rav Meir. It's a star Mishnah like Rav Meir. So, If you tell me that the husband automatically acquires what the wife acquires, because Yad Ishto Kiyad Balo, Eruv Lo Nafik Mershuse. This Eruv, it's calling it an Eruv, it's a Shutimavuz, but it does not leave his Rishus to become theirs because you don't have that intermediary, the third party that's independent of him cannot acquire on their behalf. So it's ne- they never acquire it. So you never have an Eruv that everybody's in, a participant of. So therefore, Lo Nafik Mershuse de Baal. So Rava wants to say the following. Let's explain Rava outside. Rava says like this, that even Rav Meir, who according to Rav is saying that the same way you say Yad Evet Kiyad Rabo, by Ishto, by Ishto, you have a bit of a loophole. 
Since the husband knows that he cannot be mezaka the rest of the people of the the courtyards in the, connected to the mavoi without it being an independent gift. He has to be able to give it to, to her. He is considered to be uh, he relinquishes his rights for that moment. He is considered like he's relinquishing his rights to allow. It's like if you would want a gift, I want to give my a husband can give his wife a gift. And it'll belong to her. It means you can't say, okay, I'm, I, I, I'm giving you a gift that belongs back to me, right? How, how do you give a wife a gift? So therefore, it's the same way as when you gift something to your wife, she keeps it and you don't have the rights in it. So here too, it's the same mechanism. Even though she's not keeping it, she's only accepting it on behalf of everybody else. But that same mechanism allows him to relinquish his rights in it momentarily to allow her to be an independent party to accept it on behalf of everybody else. That is what uh, that is what what, what Rav wants to say. So I'm a Rav, Afal Gav, even though to Amar Rabbi Meir that Rav Meir says as the interpretation of Rav from before that said Yad Isha Yad Balo the same way you say Yad Ever Yad Rabbo you say Yad Isha Yad Balo May the Rabbi Meir Leinian Shituf that Rav Meir will agree concerning this scenario where you want to create a Shituf Mavulos which can only happen if she can be independently acquired for the everybody else, since she's doing this in order to acquire it on behalf of everyone else, she's able to acquire it from her husband independently to make it work for everybody else. So Rav is saying a tremendous chiddush that even though Normally a gift, you're giving it to her. I understand you're giving it to her, so therefore she gets independent of you. She's not getting it over here. She's only using it for taking it for other people, but it works momentarily that it separates her from you and she can acquire it for everybody else. Now, Esive Ravina Ravashi. Ravina asks Akasha on Ravashi. Now, Ravina is going to point out that Rav's interpretation cannot be the correct interpretation. Why? Because he brings down a brysa, which is a corollary. It discusses the same situation as the one we just had in the Mishnah. But in this brysa, it lists who cannot be used for the, uh, for, the, for the case of the Mavoy. And it lists the wife cannot be used. Now, the question is like this. Obviously, there's a contradiction. It seems to be a contradiction between the Mishnah and the brysa. But Lechora, if it were true that this mechanics could work, then why doesn't the Bryce allow it to work? It means however you reconcile, we're going to have to reconcile. But it can't be that those mechanics are true mechanics because the most Mahmir opinion is the opinion of Rav Meir. And if you're telling me even Rav Meir allows for that mechanics to work, then why wouldn't it work in the Bryce? So it says it more like this, the Chayra Eisve Ravina Ravashi. Ravina as Ravashi Akasha says like this, These are the f- cases where you can be mezaka by the, uh, the uh, Shituva Mavuz using your son and your daughter if they're Gedolim, if they're adults. And you can use after the Chosa and your servant, your maidservant, uh, if they're Ivrim, if they're the Jewish, because you don't own them. The Eilush And these are the people that you cannot Use as the intermediaries 
for the Shutufim Avuz. Al Yedei Benovito Akhtanim. If they're dependent upon you, then you have a problem that they cannot be an intermediary to work for somebody else. Va'av the Shuchaza Kananim, they clearly cannot be independent intermediaries. Ve'ishto and the wife as well. So we have to reconcile the mission and the Brisa, but clearly your shot in Ishto cannot work, because then it should have worked in the case of the Brisa as well. So suggest, Ravina. What's that? I don't know that this is Forget, so who is it? There's no one who's more machmer than Rav Meir. So therefore, the Chachamim for sure your Ishto would work. So therefore, who's it going to be? Right, the Chachamim hold you can you could make it independent. So therefore, it can't be anyone else, and it can't be Rav Meir. So who's it going to be? So therefore, says the Gemara like this: that must be shot in why Ishto works is a different shot in the Mishnah. Means we don't agree with your concept. Is that if the wife is not getting it, she cannot. You cannot say to her, be mezaka for somebody else if she's not getting it herself. But that's good for the void. The case over here is like this. The case over here is the wife herself independently owns a home in the courtyard. She herself owns a home in the courtyard. How does she own something independently in the courtyard? So the Rishon and the Ran and the other Rishon say different Shatim. One is that it was gifted to her before she got married and by Erisin, the husband said that I'm leaving this for you, I won't take Nechzimelug. If it's before the Nesuin, he can relinquish Nechzimelug rights because it hasn't happened yet. So therefore he gave her that property without having any rights. So she owns a property for herself. Now the problem is she has to be able to now, she's not only representing all of the other homes homeowners, she's representing herself as well, because she needs that Shituvei Mavuz to work for her. So the, the Svara over here is, if you're doing it, she's doing it for herself, then it works, that mechani- mechanism works. I'm giving you a gift, I'm giving you a portion of the barrel of wine, so that you can do Shituvei Mavuz. Now here, everybody agrees it works, because when you're gifting it to her directly, then it for sure can work. So Migu, since you can now acquire it for herself, so she can acquire it for everybody else. The case where it doesn't work is where she doesn't have a home in the courtyard. Where she doesn't have a home in a courtyard, so she's not acquiring it for herself. When she's not acquiring for herself, it cannot work for everybody else. So basically, we're arguing with the svara that was said before by, by uh, Rava. That according to Rav Meir, you don't say automatically that the husband is mazake to her to acquire for anybody else. It doesn't work. The only thing that allows it to work is where she's doing it for herself. So the Mishnah's case where it works is she has a house in the courtyard. The Bryce's case where Ishto does not work is where she does not have a house in the courtyard. Let's see this inside. So one is like this. So the Gemara says that, uh, that, uh, where's the place? So, Ela Amar Ravashi is like this. She has a courtyard. No doubt. She owns a courtyard in that, in, in, in that, in that alley. Since now, when she is representing the other parties, she's not only representing them as an intermediary, she's also representing herself. So the husband then can gift her a portion of the a barrel for herself. Since she can acquire it for herself, then the mechanism works. It's gifting of herself. She also has the capacity to acquire for others as well. The Mishnah's, the, the Bryce's case where it doesn't work, is she's only trying to represent them, only trying to represent them, then it cannot work for other people. Gentlemen, have a good day.